You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Another episode of Love of Pages. Everybody's got their angelic smiles on. Uh, this is the Geek Elite Media Virtual Book Club podcast, where we get together every week <laughs> and sometimes torture, sometimes enthrall each other with our latest and greatest book finds. Mm-hmm. So, with Wait, me, as always, this is week two. Cool week. Two. This is week two of the Sherlock Holmes extravaganza. Extravaganza. <laughs> extravaganza. <laughs> I'm Elizabeth. With me, as always, is Naima. Hey, guys. Jessica. Hello. Steven. That's me. And this week, we are doing Jessica's Sherlock pick, A Study in Charlotte. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're apologizing. I, actually- I forgot how angsty it was. I mean, I should have known. It's, <laughs> I was like, the first read, I liked it because I liked the plot. but And I could look over all the angstiness oh, of reading from a 15-year-old boy. <laughs> like, rich boy at a boarding school. Like, oh, God. The second time, I was like, oh, my God, he's annoying the crap out of me. <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's the thing is is the first time through it's the first time through for me so I I was like the plot's good and I expected it to be angsty you're dealing with teenagers yeah you're dealing with a Sherlock Holmes story on top of that both of which are angsty on their own and so then you put them together there's got to be some super angst if there's not some super angst you're not doing it right <laughs> Naima how'd you feel about the book I so it took me a while. Like I, I listened to the audiobook version, which is becoming a habit, and I need to stop it. But it's a good one. Keep it <laughs> uh, up. We'll be breaking that. <laughs> um, it took a while. Like at the beginning, I was kind of of the mindset of like, okay, I I need this to move different. It wasn't the plot wasn't bad. The plot was good. I think from the onset of the book and everything. And then like I think like an hour in, we finally got like the rhythm, and I was like, oh, okay. It's good now. We're fine. That's not going to, we're not going to continually have his like, oh, well, I thought like it would be like this when we finally met. And I'm like, please don't continue like this the whole book. I don't need your like fully internal monologue. Like it's one thing to like, see, like narrate from your perspective. And it's another thing to just be like, well, this is what I thought life would be like. And obviously it's not working out that way. <laughs> I don't know if I agree. I think he kept mentioning what he expected her to be like through the whole book. True. I think I just, I got, it got better than him going like, and then we were running and to do this and we we're doing that. It was, I feel like it we resolved itself by them actually getting to do a mystery together versus him just dreaming of them doing a mystery. Yeah. It started out like a small child talking about his imaginary friend. And then we yeah. finally got to the real person. She came. Stephen, <laughs> what was what's your first impression, initial thought through? I, I agree with everyone else on this one. Once we got past the beginning little like hump of things and got kind of acclimated, it was like, okay. It's just that first part where it's just so sudden. We meet the character and then he's suddenly beating someone up about someone that he's been pining over for his whole life. 
It was a lot. Imagine <laughs> in an imaginary yeah. capacity. And it was very much like when he starts beating him up, he's like, oh, by the way, I have anger issues. You're like, oh, you think? Like, I'm glad you know about them until now. <laughs> like, it was a lot. So I think I, I think even the anger issues in the AM or um, what is the actual the name? The Bright Sessions. They're, they're putting out a new one called the AM Archives right now. But um, oh, OK, the, the Bright Sessions has a character who has anger issues. And I would say, yeah. That character is written pretty heavy-handed, <laughs> and He's this one is still worse in that He's regard. very much a meathead, as he is repeatedly called by his boyfriend. <laughs> I love it. I'm so happy. Thank you for telling me about the Bright Session. <laughs> All right. Before we dive into the rest of the book, because it's a book club, and no book club is complete without beverages, um, our drinks for this week. Naima, you picked the cocktail. Yes, because I could not, this book had so much going on in it that I could not, I'm like, I don't, I don't know, am I looking for drinks that are like common in Charlotte, but that's just her name, not the place, you know, we're doing London stuff. And then I found on the internet that there's some bar that made a drink called Oxycontin. Granted, they were sued afterwards and told to change their name, which they did to cease and desist because that's the look. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a registered trademark. I like this bar. Where is this bar? I feel like we need to patronize them. Yes. But we're drinking uh, Oxycontin, which is just gin, um, ginger, lemon, and honey. And it's quite tasty. <laughs> Jessica, what are you drinking this evening? I was really craving Earl Grey as I was reading the book. So I decided to try out the, I was read Harney and Sons Earl Grey Supreme. Is what it said. <laughs> and it's very good. A very good Earl Grey. Not quite my favorite, actually, but it is a very good. You've Earl just Grey. broken Steve's oh. heart, Jessica. I hope <laughs> you realize. Well, you like. Him. I don't, <laughs> the way well, I don't that know. Watson crushed Charlotte in. <laughs> I don't know where Hardy and Sons gets their teas from or anything or where they're based, but the tea I like, which I'm totally blanking on the name of the brand, it's, it's based in London. Mm. And I cannot, and it's Earl. It's like it has to be really good Earl Grey. And yeah, okay. What is the brand? Oh, I'll think of the brand later. <laughs> I believe in jumping you. in the middle in the middle with the, with the name. Stephen, what are you drinking this evening? I have a Calypso lemonade. This one says triple melon. It's a triple melon lemonade, <laughs> and it might be expired. <laughs> What? <laughs> I'm confused why our resident tea person isn't drinking tea. It, in this one, I just wanted to get something that tasted good. I didn't. We're still also growing our tea like depository in our kitchen, mm -hmm. right? Like it needs to be like you know updated and more added to it. We'll get there. We'll yeah, we we don't even have with where you guys live. You shouldn't have any problem finding tea selection. Nope. No, it's all. great, and I we just don't like even my like the classic jasmine tea that I always have. I don't think we even have a ten of that in the house, oh, no, which is crazy. And this I'm, is right up. This is right up there with the uh, Domino's pizza. That, that's I mean Domino's pizza delicious. Mod pizza better. Mod pizza. I'm I'm moving him up. Okay, they use a, a real oven. <laughs> 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 I just, you know, I had to throw that in there because Mitch is still complaining about the fact that you ate Domino's living where you live. That's okay. He, he was just jealous he didn't have pizza. That's what it came down to. <laughs> it was Harrods. Ah. Harrods, oh. Earl Grey. Yeah. 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 Harrods. Yeah. Yep. Their Earl Grey is most excellent. 
But this is really it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So jumping into the book. So uh, I, I think we should say for this one, the, um, all of the things that we're doing for the, for the Sherlock one, it's not in parts. Mm-mm. If nope. you didn't read the whole book and you just saw a thumbnail or anything like that, it's going to be the whole book. There's no cutoff point. It's a whole dang thing. There so are spoilers. Pause, <laughs> pause, get through the book and then we will <laughs> move forward. Mm-hmm. So, because I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but book opens as with most Sherlock's, we are getting the point of view from Watson. Only in this case, year old boy. <laughs> in this case, Jamie Watson, James Watson. He can't even get anybody to use his real name. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is an angsty fifteen-year-old rugby player who's been sent off to boarding school because he's a great rugger. Which we find out later, it's really because his dad was itching to set him up with Charlotte Holmes, who yeah. is the is our Sherlock for this book. In any case, we find out very early on his parents had been divorced. He hadn't spoken to his dad since the divorce in, you know, five, six years. His dad is living in Connecticut, just a few miles from the boarding school he's been sent to. Mm-hmm. And he has spent the last several years living in London with his mother, who cannot stand the homes or the Watson legacy. Even though she's married to Watson. Even though she married to Watson. I kind of feel like the divorce probably soured her on the whole (laughs) Watson home. She's good with the divorce. She just doesn't like the story. I'm I'm confused about why they named him James. If if there's this whole thing about their family line still, like don't name him after the big villain man. It was probably something she found endearing in his father at the outset of the marriage and then soured upon yeah. later on. Um, particularly when you get when we get to the description differences between his mom and his stepmom. Clearly dad had much better instincts on round two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> About Finding somebody who appreciates the Watson quirks. Mm-hmm. Um, in any case, I digress. So we open. We come to find that Jamie hates being sent to boarding school. He feels like he's being punished. And he meets Charlotte Holmes in very different location than the original we read last week at a underground poker table or poker yes. game that she has set up with vodka that's being s- produced by her also underage roommate. <laughs> Flavored vodka, if I remember correctly. But, well, of course, which because I was really drink at 15 years old. I know. I was almost tempted to have a shot of flavored vodka <laughs> as my drink tonight. And then I went, no, I'm done with that. <laughs> you could have yeah, all had, like, I am too old for that. I am too old for too that. Too old for was it like, what, is it like Bacardi Breezers? What, what was the... Smirnoff Ice? Smirnoff no, Ice. no there is there a different one that, like... Smirnoff Ice wasn't even that bad, but they're still out there. Like, I, like, I'll come home and, like, my father will have just bought the most colorful-looking alcohol he saw at Walmart. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, 
Oh no. I think that's a great <laughs> way to buy your things, clearly. Say, and then of course you had the UV blue and the UV green. That's the best way to do it. That's how you tell me it tastes good. It does not taste good. Oh no, I did I didn't say I, I didn't say it's true. You tell me it tastes good. I still think the most painful was the whipped cream vodka. Oh, There's some yeah, people who swear one. by that. I went to one one person's house vodka. way back when, and they had it like in the freezer. They were like, "Yeah, party baby!" Half a bottle of whipped cream vodka one night, and I have sworn off the stuff since. That would do it too. <laughs> I just don't think it could get worse than the kind of rub alcohol like plastic bottle vodka. Like no matter what oh. the it, it can't get yeah. worse than that. Because I oh. the, the stuff that burns all the way all down. The way down. I think all and back up. up. Like, it was <laughs> going to my face. Like, <laughs> See, I don't understand. Just, yeah. I don't drink. No. When when it burns, people who drink alcohol act both ways about it. Like, oh, yeah, that's the good stuff. Or, no. like, no, no, oh, no, no, that, no. that's terrible, no, no. terrible it should stuff. should be, like, real alcohol, like whiskeys, they should warm you. Yep. They shouldn't yeah. burn you. Yeah, See, so you, <laughs> you guys are saying this, but you alcohol drinking people present both sides of this equally oh, no. what you say about this is not no. someone else's truth i don't believe okay. any someone of someone else is wrong and they, and they need wrong. to grow up they are wrong <laughs> they are very wrong because they are likely also still pe- the people drinking bud light coors and light Miller Light, calling that <laughs> yeah, real beer god no why are you trying to die or the people who are drinking spiked energy drinks and then you just want to know why that would be me why do they hate themselves so much (laughs) (laughs) speaking of of weird additions you said naima yeah just for like charlotte and her 15 year old drug addiction like it, <laughs> their yep. continuance with making it still sherlock i did not know was going to continue with the drug abuse yeah it's gonna go but there they did, they did update it for present day Drugs. boarding schools yeah oxycontin Oxy. she, she's she, done with cocaine yeah, <laughs> she's done with the cocaine started with cocaine can't go back to that oxy and i know i'm skipping way ahead but the revelation that her parents don't actually care about the drug use and that started when she was 12 because that's just a holmes thing is like the epitome of generational addictions yes which is so systemic but in any case they meet, we come to find out that Jamie has always kind of had Charlotte Holmes as his imaginary friend growing up. Yeah. Making his life more interesting. He is definitely self-described as the stereotypical writer in his head, making up the stories all the time. And then Tom Dobson opens his mouth. And we don't get much in the way of Tom Dobson at the beginning. Lee, other than yeah. Lee Dobson. Yeah. Tom, Tom is Dobson. his roommate. Yeah. Tom is his roommate. Lee Dobson is the open mouth or asshole. Yeah. Lee Dobson is a, you know, stereotypical jock meathead who has apparently been torturing Charlotte Holmes for a little over a year. Yeah. They, they specifically he say that he's been using negging intentionally. Yeah. 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 Um, 
and he tells Jamie that he, you know, slept with Charlotte, to which Jamie decks him in the middle of the quad. Uh, and Dobson returns plus some, landing them both in the infirmary and suspended. This is the first introduction we get that Jamie has anger issues, <laughs> which we later come to find out it's a Watson trait. Although that makes some sense with the more recent portrayals of the of the Doctor Watson character, yeah, I can see how that really gets played up in something like this. And in any case, a few weeks later or a week later, Lee Dobson dies. He's found murdered, poisoned to death with arsenic. Bum, bum. And and a rattlesnake and in the room. A <laughs> snake in the room. Yeah. Uh, well, that come to find out. Yeah. So this puts both Charlotte and Jamie in the crosshairs of the detective. We get introduced to Charlotte's lab. They do their investigative work as they are getting going. Another girl who has had a crush on Jamie. They find near death choking on a plastic diamond. Yes, and all these deaths are reflective of actual Sherlock Holmes stories. Mm -hmm. And as they are chasing the uh, their suspect, their prime suspect, the blonde drug dealer, mm -hmm. after finding Elizabeth's Elizabeth, which is anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's weird to say my own name, <laughs> but they go racing down into the tunnels of the boarding school and. They find a serial killer's lair that is made up to look as if it's Charlotte's. Mm -hmm. So, they then have to convince the police through what ends up being Charlotte setting up her roommate, Lena, who's yeah. in on the whole gig, to be attacked mm -hmm. while they're with detectives <laughs> so that that way there's no way for them to be guilty to basically clue the detective in that they're being framed. Yeah, they they recreate another thing from another story. So it's very it's it's in keeping in line with the previous one. Yeah. Yes. Um this is the point where we learn that Jamie's father has been talking with Charlotte's uncle and arranged for Jamie to be moved from his London school to the Connecticut boarding school. Yeah, Charlotte hopes that they could match make them as a Watson and a Holmes. Like, a Watson and a Holmes. <laughs> complete the set. Because complete the set. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the set. It doesn't seem like they had a male and a female before and like, the different, like, they're like what? So they're like, it finally happened. And it's experiment like, we can do. <laughs> <laughs> we can try this. The part that I really appreciated, and it comes a little bit later, is the list that Jamie's dad has on how to take care of him. My favorite part. That this is one of those things that's been passed down from generation to generation. Like, oh, no, no, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Here. It was, it was 13 when I got it. Now, <laughs> I, I left that list off at 21. 120 something. My favorite part is that the soup thing still reigns true from like the original Watson. It's just like, no, no, they still can't cook. <laughs> this is not in their skill set don't ask them to cook just prepare all the meals yeah or the you know 
coaxing them to do what you want them to do is works much more effectively than directly telling them to do something. Yeah. And they check early and often for drugs, particularly in the soles of their <laughs> shoes. And it's like... <laughs> Wait, I don't, did, did, did they say soul? Or I swear, I remember them saying hollowed out heel. Hollowed out heel. Yeah, which is a weird one. Like, that's like like weird rat behavior to ha- to be genetic <laughs> like i want to know why on earth the Holmeses haven't gotten smarter like that's what I mean. <laughs> why are you still using that i understand the thing of like okay well it's a tradition to teach your kids like all of the like best ways to do things but if it's common knowledge that's where you hide your drugs it's no longer best practice you know what i mean I feel like it's it's very much sometimes the Holmes does the Holmes is in this universe like just do things because they want to give Watson something to do. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, that's it. really yeah. That's a like, <laughs> compliment each other because they wouldn't exist without the other one. Like yeah. you wouldn't get away yeah. with half the stuff in this book if like James wasn't just there. I, I, I was yeah. curious. I, I know I'm I'm pulling away from the plot discussion with this one, but. They mention Arthur Conan Doyle early on. He and is their publisher. Publisher. Got it. Their yeah. publishing agent. At the time, when, when I was reading, well, listening to it, I was doing another thing at the same time. And I, like, I realized way afterwards, like, I, I did not get the gist of what they were saying for that one. But it being an audiobook, it's a little harder to go thumb through looking for keywords. So, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, they, yes, they passed it off as. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was Watson's publishing agent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the original Watson's publishing agent. It's at about this time that we learn a couple of things. One, Charlotte has not completely been disowned by her family, but been cut off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's been sent to Connecticut essentially as punishment. And two, we get the introduction of August or August. I'm not really sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, they, they just, they just said August in the audiobook. August? Okay, August Moriarty, who is this Ba-ba-bum. generation's Moriarty. So they continue on with the investigation now with being brought into the detective circle, which is where Charlotte apparently is much more comfortable because her version of Holmes has always worked in connection with Scotland Yard. She has always yeah. been on the inside track as opposed to pushing against them. Uh, both. Yeah. There's a little bit of both. Though. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they progress forward. They try and figure out other suspects and they're really getting nowhere and they're getting nowhere and they're getting nowhere. And then the next big thing, it's just before Thanksgiving, Sherlock, or not Charlotte and Jamie have a big fight because Charlotte was looking to pick a fight and they blow up at each other and Jamie goes back to his room and he's pissed and he wants to be left alone and he's, his roommate Tom leaves and he sits down at Tom's desk and he sees something and he realizes... <laughs> So for those not listen, those <laughs> listening and not viewing this, Stephen just did a very elaborate scratch on his <laughs> on his camera lens because Jamie discovers that somebody bugged his room 
and he has found a two-way mirror, a lens behind it, camera behind it, and a couple audio listening devices. And as he gets ready to take those out to Charlotte, and you know, we'll figure out how to repair it, but she has to see this. His dorm mother. Who is very much supposed to be just the lady who owns the apartment that's rented to Sherlock and Watson in every way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Informs him that the science building just exploded, which is where Charlotte keeps her lab um, and where Jamie had left her. And so he goes running across campus and the exact part of the building where her lab is has been blown to smithereens. So he, of course, thinks that she has died. Turns out it was a homemade bomb. She was in the bathroom at the time that it exploded. The whole reason for the fight was the fact that they... They tipped her off. Threatened her. Yeah. Threatened. They, they left her they left her a death death threat. Yeah, for Watson though. So For Watson though. Yeah. Dangerous for Watson. Holmes is like, get out of the way, Watson. But mm-hmm. how do I just say get out of the way? No, I'm just gonna piss him the hell off and make him think I hate him. Because <laughs> that's all Holmes's can do. That's all um, they can do. <laughs> so they end up going back to Jamie's dad's house. Um, where we get our first introduction and the first time that Jamie's met his stepmother, who finds this all just very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) And I did like that the very first question his stepmother asked him was, are you having sex? (laughs) Can you share a room? (laughs) No, don't start now. You're sharing a room. I just, I don't want to be at fault for the teenage pregnancy. And Watson's just instantly like, okay, I like you. I'm sorry I thought bad things about you before. <laughs> um, so then, so at this point, the top two suspects to Charlotte are the English teacher and the nurse. He's got a slight British accent. I, they, they made them both so conspicuous i realize it's a crime drama kind of thing you're gonna be given someone on a silver platter but yeah they really drove it home for both of these people so fast i know yep. right that english teacher i was like you're gonna get fired for this right? <laughs> like, just... so in any case but jamie's big top of the top suspect list is August Moriarty because Charlotte to talk about him. There's something going on. He's a Moriarty. This is way too. Charlotte won't tell him anything about mm-hmm. August. She just will not discuss the subject. For good reason. So, yeah, for, <laughs> good reason. for very good reason. Um, <laughs> Jamie is also very much a 15-year-old boy with a crush on his best friend, or who has become his best friend in the last two months. Well, we started in... in it's a whole semester that off, this book Yeah, we started place. in the mid of, mid-September, and we're yeah. at about Thanksgiving, so it's been a couple months. It just really and brushes over the boring stuff of them trying to figure stuff out. <laughs> 
But in any case, so his dad reveals that he's been keeping tabs on Charlotte her entire life because he's a Watson and she's a Holmes and that's kind of their jobs. It's what we do. <laughs> it's our biological uh, uh, obligation to society to watch after Holmes. The Watson yeah. family tree, the Holmes family tree, oh, the Who's police that? files. <laughs> we, we must be together. <laughs> Look, look, society will not survive if the Holmeses are not, like, kept by the by the Watsons. I mean, well, like, if the, the Holmeses the, are just left to their own devices. The Sherlocks the won't, like, the, the Holmeses won't survive <laughs> if, if they're not looked over by the Watsons. The Watsons will be fine. Yeah, the Watsons yeah. will just be fine. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, no, the world collapses because the homes collapse if the Watsons aren't there to take care of the homes. Oh, okay. No, that's fair. I do, th- I do think that the, the, the Holmeses are kind of in the situation where crime follows them, though. They are the thing that oh, yeah. solves it, but I feel like they're also the genesis point for a lot of crime also. So yes. is this like the monk situation yep. where it's just like, he's not... <laughs> in any way... around that person, like no matter what. Why does death and murder and all of these things only happen near you? Mm-hmm. They're just bait for it. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> but in any case, so he breaks Charlotte's trust and he reads up on August Moriarty. Won't get into the details. Won't leave something for you to actually read about. <laughs> um And that goes over about as well as any of us would expect it to. Charlotte. Well, Jamie fails at rule number 121. I think it was actually rule number two, if I remember correctly. (laughs) Rule number one, no. It was rule number three, because rule number two was be sure to search for opiates and dispose of as needed. And rule number three was... Check the wheel of the boot for the truck. I thought we were saying that he failed at the one where it was like a whatever happens, it's not your fault. Also failed at that. Oh one. yeah, also failed on that one too. That was, I think, that, uh, that was one. When I remembered rules one and two. Yeah. Search one. Search for search often for opiates and dispose of as needed. Rule number two: Begin with the hollowed out heels of Holmes's boots. Yeah. Didn't even start there, man. <laughs> <laughs> He did not take that list very seriously, no day. <laughs> like, so, we move past that, and this is where it gets a little more complicated, but... There's like 40 moving parts in this one. There is. It, there's a lot. It, they, they cram a lot, and it's... It's it's kind of like an Avengers situation. I know I'm referencing a lot of other things in this one, but it's just that... This small thing brought on by the two of them basically being around each other is just world-ending kind of stuff. Buildings are blowing up. These people are coming in from like what, like the Cayman Islands or some nonsense to come do these this thing. It's there's a lot happening. So basically, the last seventy pages. Yeah, I think it's fifty pages. Yeah, they unravel the whole thing. Yeah, the mystery. I think it's really and the web connected behind it. Yeah. I think it's really safe to say that like the bomb is the catalyst for like 90% of the action that happens mm-hmm. in this book. It's like a bomb goes off quite literally 
and everything else happens. Like, there's drugs, there's, like, mysteries being unsolved, you know, like, Charlotte's holding a gun. What's happening? Someone's put, like, it, everything happens within the course of it. Super- there, would, there would be no space for a commercial break if this were a TV no. show. Like, no. there's a part where he goes in and he has, like, a whole, like, big, big discussion right after other big stuff happened with his roommate, where his roommate actually bugged the room. And it was because the teacher had him do it because the teacher wants to write a book about all the stuff that's going on with this, but I didn't even get anything good out of it. And then he goes to open his closet to take his stuff out of there because the school blew up before. And when he touches the closet, Oh, I'm poisoned. There's so and much that happens. I was trying happens. to not spoil this. I was trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's possible though. Cause like, I also would like to talk about like what happened to Charlotte with Lee and the real reason why she would have issues. Because right, that, that really go goes it. okay. So I've I've seen our numbers for this part. Nobody listens to this part of the episode. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> except for oh except, except for one person Ow. that I know. There, there's one person that I know that does this, and he helped me choose my my thing for this this whole Sherlock event. Thank you. Are you get you get a Thank shout you, out. random citizen, <laughs> anonymous. <laughs> Oh, you're really just gonna let no, 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 no. Look, he'll come back around when we actually get to suggest the thing. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. You know, Jessica, you want to talk about Charlotte and Lee? Yeah, kind of. Well, it's more like the the man. Oh my god, I'm just gonna spoil it. The nurse. (laughs) Like I thought. Okay, okay. She's evil. I got it. She's trying to kill teenagers, but then finding out that she arranged for Charlotte to get raped (laughs) because she's a slut. Air quotes. What? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like to me, I was like, no, no. That gets me. It's not like she slept with your fiance. It's not like she ruined your family and you had like 14 kids and now there's like alimony payments and child support. No. Like you're living in a hovel. Like you're still a nurse. You still got a degree. All that happened is she had a crush on your would-be husband. You need to well, calm down. She had, a, she, she had a crush and was a real toxic fan of him. She, she, got, she got him arrested and did some bad stuff. But that was not the thing that, like, that caused any of the other stuff in her life. No. no. I just no. thought uh, that was so I guess the, the real spoilers for those who just aren't going to read it. The nurse is August Moriarty's ex-fiance. Yes. Whose <laughs> life basically fell apart Upon his arrest and exile. <laughs> because and as a 20-year-old, so he said to a 14-year-old girl, like, oh, your crush on me is cute. Like, <laughs> and that 14-year-old girl was Charlotte Holmes, and she went, I'm going to destroy you. <laughs> she did. Okay, which, which unfortunately tells me that the Moriarty's also have not gotten smarter over the generation, no. like the Holmes haven't. Because, like, I'm sorry, any Moriarty who knows the Holmes should know that they would overreact. Also, why yeah. would you sign up to have that job? But, like, yep. <laughs> I, I yep. showed my also yes. true. family has rivalries. <laughs> yes. Why would you say you would be Charlotte's tutor? And then just, I don't know, why, when a Holmes shows feelings, when a Holmes actually shows feelings and you're just going to slap them down like that, like, dude, like you kind of almost deserved it because you should have <laughs> just packed up and left. A moron. <laughs> There's two ways to do that. He either waited till she turned 18 and married her or he cut out then. 
disappeared, moved to yeah. the other side of the earth. It's oh, the second God. one. It's the second one. That's it. Or, or, or make up some other fucking excuse. To Sorry, I'm engaged. Yeah. Or, or do what Watson's, what James's dad did, and just be like, you know what, you need Charlotte. You need your Watson. You really need your Watson. That's an August. Yeah. Let's find Watson for you. We're just going to go find Watson. Okay, great. Um, yeah, no. Well, and it's like, I think the hardest thing for me was that, and like, it's it's very true. But the the conversation Charlotte talks about with her having with her mother after the whole August meltdown about the problem isn't that you have a drug addiction; it's that you're you showed your feelings. You're too mm-hmm. sensitive. You, have feelings. To you can't have feelings. You're a girl. You can have, you can have drugs. Just, <laughs> but not feelings. Yeah, <laughs> just not feelings. No emotions. If you think about like their family, though, it's like Sherlock's whole spiel is like the absence of emotion. It's not that he doesn't feel things. It's just like that is not allowed to intercede into your work, your job, your life. Blah blah blah. Drugs, drugs are fine. Like if you're out for two days, okay, you can catch up. You're a Holmes. But like feelings, feelings put you in a place where there's there's no return from feelings. Like you can't go there. <laughs> Well, He's not and wrong. I did, kind of, I did appreciate the characterization that the reason Holmeses put feelings away is because they become terrible people when they have feelings. Mm-hmm. Somebody that they, powerful and deductive and logical should not want to protect people because they will destroy the world protecting that person. <laughs> or destroy that person when they get pissed. Yeah. Which should be a warning to Jamie. I know that this is a trilogy, and I feel like somewhere in this trilogy, four books. she gets pissed. Or four what? Books. Yeah, I saw. I saw four. There covers. was another book. I saw four covers I, when I looked what? up a thing no. recently. No, where's my Goodreads? <laughs> like I just saw her eyeballs. Why would you say? That? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she will not be reading Naima's pick for next week. Um, <laughs> you'll get the gist. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> she will be too busy consuming the last new book of this. <laughs> but I feel like somewhere in that series, Jamie has to get fucked over by Charlotte because he pisses her off. Oh, most definitely. I think the thing is, like, he already knows this. So there are, like, so many of his, like, internal monologues where he's like, well, what if she... There was a moment where they basically were characterizing it as if Charlotte had set Jamie up to be her fall guy. And he was just Duh. there like, yeah, what if that's the thing? No, it can't be. Like, I know her better than this. I'm like, the whole two months that you have known the real <laughs> Charlotte Holmes versus the imaginary child living in your brain. <laughs> yeah. It's like a never meet your hero situation. Holmes, the Holmes have to protect their Watsons. That's the way it's always worked. It's a real, it's not, I can't, it's, it's a toxic relationship more than it is abusive. <laughs> It's just like you don't know when to call it's, when for your own sanity and like it's like it's no a toxic codependency. Yeah, yeah, it's a codependency out the wazoo. And Jessica so sucked into yeah. reading the description. Yeah, no, I swear, when the third book came out, it said the last book in the series. It, no, it, might, it, might, it might have been. It might have been. It's it's the last <laughs> the last book in a trilogy, and then they switch what character they're showing the perspective of or something. <laughs> Book, yeah. uh, no, it doesn't. It just continues. <laughs> all the times I can tell it's going to go on forever. It did really well, probably. So <sighs> it's probably getting a show. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's prime for that. 
Yeah, I feel oh, like yeah. it could use a show. I actually would not. I would totally watch this. Really. Teenage Crossover with Geeks Watch. But <laughs> in any case, any other last thoughts? I absolutely loved Charlotte and Lena's relationship. <laughs> I, went, right? I wish it went way deeper than that. <laughs> Lena just like accepts Charlotte for who she is and Charlotte's just like surprised Lena likes her but Charlotte also clearly likes Lena almost as much as she likes Watson like it's like yeah. she has two people that she likes now which is a problem because Holmes are not allowed to like people but <laughs> it's a true kind of roommate relationship where you're nothing alike but the roommate's just like no she's my girl I'll do something like yeah she's yeah, like, she, yeah, yeah I'll, have, I'll have one of my ex-boyfriends choke myself for you sure I'll <laughs> Set this up. I'll give you an alibi. Steven's really concerned about the friendships women have now. <laughs> no, no, no for, well, for that one, it was just a lie. Because even when they had the conversation, it still seemed like it had been done to her, not a thing that she participated in. When they well, were Lena like, seemed like, okay, yeah, that's that's just Charlotte. Like, I was going to say, except Lena completely set it up. No, <laughs> and like I, re- I, that was the part that I read that I was like, oh yeah, no, this would happen. Yeah, it's <laughs> just. Us, you're like, no, she's my girl. Like, yeah. she wouldn't. No, actual yeah. real. Yeah, I'll give you an alibi. The, the things women and- do for each other, <laughs> even when they don't know each other very well, is sometimes <laughs> disturbing. Oh, <laughs> a little bit. I mean, that, that's just like any girl's bathroom ever. It's like, no, listen, don't worry. We got you. <laughs> like, if you need to pick me up, go into a girl's bathroom on a Friday night in a bar. Or yes. like, to a bar, yeah. period. In like a, bar, a period. A bathroom in a bar. Yeah. The nicest people in your life. They'll do anything for you. <laughs> like yeah. you they, they will you. murder somebody for you. They will yeah. seek you out the back. They will yeah. Like that guy girls. You know, women <laughs> or it's great. <laughs> That's so what I honestly I, I do honestly think that, like, yes, if two, if somebody were to room with a Charlotte Holmes type, they'd be like, yeah, no, we could totally fake an attempted yeah. murder on me. Like, we could do that. Everyone's got that friend. They just do. <laughs> but I think, um, I think the thing that, like, like final comments to stuck out for me is I'm really mad that the whole idea of August's fiance got introduced in such an abrupt way. And just so, like, left field. It was like, oh, yeah. And that person we mentioned on, like, page four of the book. Like, August was, like, early. Like, we knew about him. Nothing about his background. We just thought, it's like, oh, that's that, like, little dark part of her past she doesn't talk about. So I'm like, okay, it's a boy. Come to find out, not a boy. Grown man. Had a fiancé. Fiancé's a psychopath. Like. (laughs) In the last 50 pages of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Steven? This is an anime. Oh. It's an anime. (laughs) I think my biggest problem with the book was the characterization of Jamie as a stereotypical 15-year-old boy of, well, she's my friend, so I also have to to be attracted to her. Yeah. Yeah. Not be able to just be her friend. Like, and I, I get why they did it because it's a young adult yeah. and mm-hmm. romance is, you know, romance, love stories, that stuff sells. I get that it sells, but it, I, I hate the perpetuation of mm-hmm. the stereotype that boys and girls, men and women can't just be friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
thought it was going there. Honestly, at the beginning when he was like, I want something much more but much less from her because it was after the whole fight. He, she was just like, no, I don't want to be her boyfriend. Like, she's been a part of my life in my mind. But it's like he wants to be friends. I thought that would continue. But then there were just a little tidbit suggesting it's like, no, this is going to we know it's going to grow to something, but they were already hinting at it. Like, yeah, there was a portion that he mentions, like when she got, I don't know if she got dolled up, but he was basically like, she looked like one of those people from like the dorks from the movies where if they took off their glasses, they're uh, all of a sudden, she's a all queen. like, yeah. okay, well, obviously you're like having like TV show moments where it like breaks into like not reality. And she's like, takes off her glasses and like throws her hair in the wind. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> Yeah, well, and the, the, like, incessant jealousy over August Moriarty, and, like, I'm just, like. In, well, in, in that same vein, I think that they also could have dealt with the idea of the same kind of thing without making it a romance thing, by just having it be a person who he had had this mental image of for so long, and mm-hmm. no one can live up ever to the idealized version that someone else has yeah. of them, whether that's yeah. from a memory or from not having met them. They could have done think, that with that, with just that one thing, but nope. I think the only way to kind of like break the like trope that they're going to end up being together would have been to introduce a character that one of them has as a loved interest that will not they be did. the other. Oh, and that will stick. Yeah. I, I, I think that girl <laughs> yeah. dies. Her roommate. Yeah, I think I that, like, that roommate's dead. I was like, that's not, that's not <laughs> Like a legitimate one that's like, oh, maybe they're already with someone the whole time. Like mm. you could have introduced like James with a girlfriend. I mean, granted, her being in London would have probably meant that also would have ended too. But like just something. But you need you need a, a Mary. Mary. For, yeah. for Watson. You need a Mary. He yeah, he needs a Mary so that, that way he can continue just to be friends with Charlotte. <laughs> that would be my only like major critique on the plot line. Obviously, yes. It's very angsty, but it's a it's a young adult, and it's a Sherlock Holmes story. Like you have to crank the angst up I, to the four hundred. I will say I think this is more well written than the Obama Biden book that we had done before. This is written better than <laughs> that, fair. but they're both just junk food books. Yes, yeah. yeah. I like this one. I was not present for your guys' Obama-Biden one. I did see the cover of it. I refuse to ever read that. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's not that she hate, she doesn't like the idea of this one. She just is really about the second one after seeing the cover, of course. No. It's not. No. no I'm going to live in my like fantasy land of like 2008. <laughs> 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 <This would> be beautiful. <laughs> this, this continues that. No. This continues I, that fantasy land. Sounds so bad. I only heard tidbits of it. But no, I really actually did like this one. I was talking to Steven about it that I think that like, I read a couple of the Sherlock things and I feel like even the Sherlock tales don't get as crazy as this. (laughs) Like at a certain point it went. Literally. Honestly, more of like a Sherlock movie or the TV show Mm -hmm. than the books ever actually got to. Like, Mm -hmm. it was just like drama, surprise, mystery, uncovering something, drama, drama, you know? (laughs) Yes. One thing that reminds me that I also like about it is like, it's in a world where the Sherlock Holmes stories actually exist Mm -hmm. as being real, as 
the original Watson writing them down. But there's a lot of times where they try to like explain why some of the stories don't quite make as much sense or don't follow the same flow or something. And it's basically like I, Watson was probably just sleeping as Holmes told him the, the story and he wrote it down. Only cut tidbits are just filled in the rest. Only cut tidbits they, they are said, just filled in. They said that one. And they also, I feel like there was a suggestion at the idea that maybe the stuff that happened in it was so crazy that they couldn't mention those things. And they filled mm-hmm. in parts of it with other made up stuff. Yeah. Because some parts were still too secret. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's a good explanation. So, um, I'm going to ask Stephen's usual question. Recommend it? Yes. I, I have. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. If, if someone likes Sherlock things and they're out of other ones, sure. There you go. All right. So, Naima, your Sherlock is up next week. What are we, what are we reading? Bum, 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 I, I. <laughs> I have the lovely task of, you know, staying within our different uh, areas and sections. And so I primarily do translated um, novels in addition to other stuff. But there is a character, Arsène Lupin, who there's a Netflix TV show about, but he is basically created as a sort of counterpart to Sherlock Holmes. Um, Not a good counterpart. Lupin is a thief. (laughs) Gentleman thief, right, though? Mm Mm-hmm is the uh, just as smart as Sherlock counterpart, but on the wrong side of the law type situation. His character was uh, created by Maurice LeBlanc and it was written in French. Uh, Sherlock was first introduced in the first series of Arsène Lupin in the very last of the short stories where it was just like, and Sherlock was too late. And that was all that was really given. (laughs) And sort of like little tidbit of like, wait, Sherlock spurred this whole situation where people wanted Sherlock and Arsene Lupin to come at each other. So then started the Arsene Lupin versus Sherlock Shloms, which is going to be a Shlomes? difficult thing to say. Sherlock Shloms. Shloms. I feel like you hate me. You know I already <laughs> struggle with name pronunciations and you're going to come at me with something like Sherlock Shloms. It's great. <laughs> Listen, we're just going to be calling this person Sherlock the entire time. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, uh, little Will warning, this is not a Sherlock Holmes character written by Arthur Conan Doyle. This is a Sherlock Holmes character written from the perspective of a French person. So, <laughs> like, this is going to be fantastic. To, like, understand before you pick up this book, because there has been, like, there are a lot of people who love this book and a lot of people who really hate the depiction of Sherlock in this book. There, there. I feel like all things people understand that there was some sort of there is some sort of conflict between English and French at all times, forever and always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have an English character in a French book is just not going to go over great with. An <laughs> <English>. <laughs> but I'm really excited I'm... to see this sort of like, like who outwits who type situation. So that's this. It's a relatively short book. It's not long. It is, let's see here, 120 pages. Um, that being said, it is very small text. Oi. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stephen will have to read this because this does not exist as an audiobook. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> we have to record Naima, I applaud you. I applaud you. This is terrible for your audio. relationship, but I applaud you. 
it doesn't exist as a, uh, I mean, at least in English. So we can learn French real fast. And <laughs> it doesn't. I swore I saw it when I found the Kindle version of it. In Good. English? I hope so. I don't, I don't know. I didn't check if it was in oh. English. We'll, we'll sort this one out. For now, live with my frustration, everyone. <laughs> Steven's very exasperated. But well, right. we record so soon from now. <laughs> Do we, though? Yeah, Do that's we fair. Really that's record fair. on Tuesdays? <laughs> this is fair. Okay, yes, yes. All right. Jessica, you win. <laughs> You win. I still want to keep it on Tuesdays so that when I mess it up and uh-huh. I have to go to Thursdays, we're still okay. Yes, no, I agree. Having the option to move to Thursdays is always great, but I always make sure to keep my Thursdays clear. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a That's problem. proper planning. There you go. <laughs> the podcast. That's knowing your that. friends, and I appreciate yeah. it very much. <laughs> so, because I always mean to do it ahead of time, but I never do. All right, on that lovely and depressing note. Naima, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram as other pages, other places, and also on Instagram and Twitter as Imogenon. And Jessica, where can people reach out to you to discuss the fact that there's a fourth book in this series that you now... (laughs) I now have to go and buy and read right now because, holy crap, I just actually might have to reread the whole series. Uh, (laughs) You can find me on Twitter as writes. It's a pretty orange cover, too. <laughs> and Stephen, if people want to discuss with you the plights of not having an audiobook, where can they find you? Ah. At the bookstore, I guess. You can find me there. <laughs> yeah, no, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, you can find me across all social media as some version of Peppermint Gentleman. For Twitter, that's Peppermint Gent for short. And you can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media and our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. Archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts can be found on our website, geekelitemedia.com. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcatcher you use or on the YouTube channel if you're watching us in the video. It's very exciting. And if you have a few extra dollars and are up for it, we could always use your support over on our Patreon page, Geek Elite Media. But until next time, this is the Love of Pages podcast reminding you to keep turning those pages and always remember to geek out. Geek out. out. Wow. That was such a big one. Can we try that again? This concludes our broadcast.